You're listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry on Anchor.fm, where the weird, the wild, and the unknown are fair play. Enjoy the show. Hey, Joe. Hey, Jerry. How's it going? Uh, um, it's going pretty good. Um, my uh, COVID tests are not negative again. Good. <laughs> so that's good to hear. Um, I don't know if if I've we've ever told the listeners, but uh, I had to take one earlier this year, and uh, then I got sick just like last week, which is why we didn't do a show last week, and so I had to take another one, and then it's everything's fine. But I, I think it's because I I was drinking absinthe and it cured it. <laughs> well, or, or was it. that or is that a placebo <laughs> <laughs> hey that's clever are you feeling better that's what we want to know i'm feeling actually today is the first day for almost exactly a week that i have felt really back to normal so i'm i'm okay uh but it see now Joe and I have been kind of like going back and forth and talking about these things. And we decided it, it would be really interesting to do a show about placebos and the placebo effect and uh, something called, what is it called? Nocebo? The nocebo. It's the opposite. It's yeah. Well, you see, I've never heard of that. So I, uh, Joe's become the expert on that. <laughs> I and I, I, I've boned up on the placebo effect. In fact, I have more show notes on tonight's show than I think I've ever taken. Ooh. I've written a freaking article. <laughs> just, <laughs> but most of it's plagiarized um, <laughs> from um, a fellow named Brian Resnick, who wrote a really great article called The Weird Power of the Placebo Effect Explained over on Vox.com. So a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about, I actually got, well, from from his article, but also like from Wikipedia and a bunch of other stuff and things that I heard in science programs before. But before we get into it, I want to tell you something, Joe. This is kind of funny. Okay. When I was in, when was I? I was in junior college and a lot of my other friends were still in high school. We had this kind of semi-professional comedy group called the Imperial and Marsupial Players. And we used to make these silly little um, Super 8 sound, you can't call them videos, they were films. Uh, And we actually wrote and started to film, but never finished a parody of of, uh, reefer madness if you're familiar with that i am mm-hmm. okay yeah but we called it placebo madness <laughs> okay and so the whole thing is we were doing the whole movie of reefer madness but with placebos and we we're talking about the danger of placebos <laughs> wow and it was actually really funny i, I wish we'd uh we'd finished it but it kind of rolls over into this because the placebo effect is really bizarre. I mean, over the last several years, doctors noticed um, like a really mystifying trend. Fewer and fewer pain drugs are getting through their blind 
double-blind placebo-controlled bias things, right? Uh Uh, It's like the gold standard for testing a drug's effectiveness. But in these trials, neither doctors nor patients know who is uh, getting an active drug and who is taking an inert pill, right? So at the end of the trial, the two groups are compared. And if those who actually took the drug report significantly greater improvements than on the placebo, then they decide, hey, this is worth prescribing. But the problem is, and and we've talked about this before, it's getting harder and harder for an actual drug to beat a placebo. And it's not because the drugs are getting worse. It's the placebo effect is getting stronger and stronger. Now, what do you mean by getting stronger? How? how? It's, it's, it's like in these double-blind tests, the placebo effect over time is, being, is getting more effective in treating these patients than the actual drugs are. Ooh, that's kind of interesting. I know. It's, it's weird. And so... Oh, let's see. They're not using the same like test subjects, right? They're using different. No, no. This is this is. I mean, but I mean, there's actually studies. They're, they're spending a lot of time and money in trying to figure this out because obviously the drug companies spending all this money on a new drug, then they can't prescribe it to anybody because the placebo is working better. You know, <laughs> so uh, they're trying to figure out why. And I think you know, big pharma is probably trying to shoot down the placebo and make it so that they don't work anymore. Yeah. But. Uh, what this showed, uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, and right here, I'm going to go back to my notes. It's not just getting stronger in pain medicine. It's getting stronger in treating anti, uh, people, uh, in competing with antidepressants and antipsychotics. What? So it's not just pain medication. It's, 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 it's psychological. Well, obviously, it's psychological. Right. 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 But then again, there's a lot of chemicals and drugs in the body that get released by the body. So if you can convince your body to release them, then you've you've actually gotten a dose of something. It's it, it's not like magic or anything. It's it's just the 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 computer, which is our brain controls all the pumps and the secretions and everything like that. And if you could convince it that, that you need to release more endorphins or you need to release more. um, Oh, I always forget the name of the other one, the serotonin and, and uh, yeah. And the, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm always, I always forget the name of the one that, that they call the cuddle drug. Oh, oxytocin. Oxytocin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big one, of course. Anyway, so here I've I've got some examples that um, there's evidence that placebos cause natural endorphins to release in the brain, um, and this could be done by taking sugar pills, herbal remedies. Although some actually, you know, some herbal remedies are actually potent. Uh, meds and home how do you pronounce it homeopathy homeopathic Mm -hmm. yeah so i've had some arguments with one of my friends who's a real skeptic and i'm not saying he's wrong but he just hates 
hard on homeopathic drugs. And I'm like, dude, if it's working, he's like, no, it's not real. But like, it's the placebo effect that's working. Mm -hmm. And if you tell someone it's not going to work, then they're not going to get any, you know, benefit from it. So don't tell them it's not going to work. But his, his, he's got a very rational uh, argument that people might go and use a placebo or, or a homeopathic uh, medicine uh, for something very serious and not get the proper treatment, you know? So I, I do see his argument there, but I mean like for a headache or just because you're feeling low right? or, you know, geez, take pop a, pop a sugar pill. You know, it, it even works if you, on a lot of people, it even works if they know it's a placebo. I, I it's, that's my, I've, it works on me. I'll, I'll know if I take a sweet tart that it's not a drug, but I know, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to feel better. It works. Hmm. Do you think, how much of this do you think is self-fulfilling prophecy in your, in your mind? You know what I mean? Like how well, much, yeah. that's pretty yeah, much I, the whole thing, right? Well, there's actually, what is it? There's, they actually broke it down to six different things that are happening. It's not just one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but let me give you a couple examples real quick here. So placebo, oh, uh, other things that are considered placebos, and this is going to be a little controversial, are acupuncture and chi- chiropractic adjustments. You really think that chiropractic adjustments are placebo? Do they say you that? You know, I, I read this from an article written by a chiropractor. Interesting. In- yeah. Wow. And he says, he says the, the chiropractic, I mean, the placebo effect comes specifically from the popping sounds. If you could convince someone that they're out of alignment and you pop them and it's a very violent and loud pop, they're going to absolutely be convinced that you've fixed them and they will get better. And this is like a known thing. This is, you know. And they they make no bones about it. Sorry for the pun, but it's part of the practice. You know this the the belief is part of the practice. Um, placebos has, have successfully helped those with Parkinson's, and it can it, because in Parkinson's um, it could cause a placebo can cause a substantial release of dopamine, which doesn't cure them of course but it provides some relief for a while until they need it again it's also been used to uh, uh, treat restless leg syndrome Mm -hmm. uh, dental pains of course depression like we talked about and i have personally used it to treat uh my my young my older daughter when she was like five for nightmares so what i did is i i and I learned this from the movie Dumbo, believe it or not, where they had the magic feather, right? Did you, did you ever see that? I haven't seen Dumbo in a long time. Okay. I got so you. In, in, in Dumbo, uh, Dumbo, I, I think he he does he didn't realize he could actually fly, but he flew when he was like totally drunk. And so the crows gave him a feather and said, this is a magic feather. As long as you hold it, you can fly. And it worked. 
and he flew. So I, of course, my kids were watching Disney stuff. And so uh, my, my oldest daughter, when she was young, was having bad dreams. She was having nightmares. And so I found a, I, I dug through my dad's old um, toolkit and I found a pocket level, you know, with the little bubbles in the liquid. Uh-huh. And of course, a five-year-old has no idea what that is. So I, I brought it over to her. I said, this was passed down from my mom to me, from her grandmother, from her grandmother. And this is a very special, magical device. And it contains the essence of good dreams. And what you have to do, you have to put it under your pillow and just relax and think good thoughts. And it will suck all the bad dreams out of the room and you won't have any bad dreams worked like a charm absolutely worked perfect so that was that was my personal um experience with uh prescribing a placebo wow kind of like a dream catcher you know yeah yeah cool and uh so I, I've talked enough. While I crack this beer open, why don't you tell me what the hell a nocebo is? Ooh, get ready, boys and girls. Um, so my gal Miriam Webster, um, she taught me that a nocebo is a harmless substance or treatment that when taken by or administered to a patient is associated with harmful side effects or worsening of symptoms. Do the negative expectations or the psychological psychological condition of the patient. So, in the in the essence that you know, a sugar cube makes you feel good, and a SIBO would be that a sugar cube makes you feel bad. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, uh, a few examples. So, one notable study documenting the effects of nocebo took place back over in the uh, country of Italy, where both people. With and without lactose intolerance, so two groups of people took what they thought was lactose. Hint, it wasn't. Sure enough, 44% of those with intolerance and a staggering 26% without it developed symptoms of gastrointestinal discomfort. <laughs> That's bizarre because, because all that is controlled by your gut biome. Mm-hmm. Weird. Well, that's another episode. We we know all about the gut biome and all the bacteria and how that controls your body. Yeah. Um, so as if tricking yourself into diarrhea and stomach cramps weren't bad enough, like imagine losing faith in your penis working because of what your doctor told you. Oh, yeah. So nocebo effect regrettably works on those taking real pharmaceuticals as well. Okay, so... Um, as revealed by a study conducted on men taking finasteride for their enlarged prostates. Half were told by the doctor that erectile dysfunction was a possible side effect, while the other half was not. (laughs) And no doubt, 100% of them. (laughs) (laughs) So of the group that were told about the side effect, 44% of that group reported erectile dysfunction, compared to the other only 15% of the group that had not been told. So isn't that crazy? So... The half that were told about the side effect, right under half, reported erectile dysfunction. Now, I don't know. This is just a study. So you never know. Maybe these guys just had it. And, oh, yeah, hey, I have that. Yeah, you need to fix me. <laughs> I don't know. But um, 
And just one other thing, um, one patient participating in a trial for antidepressant medication swallowed 26 of the placebo pills in a suicide attempt. And died? Even, even Well, even though they were completely harmless, his blood pressure somehow dropped dangerously low to the point of near death. Oh, wow. Yeah. So these were like sugar pills, right? Oh, wow. Um, and so this is where we get into, yeah, it it's what it's in your mind, right? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I did see another example, but I also went into Snopes and Snopes told me it was a legend, but I felt it yeah. was cute enough okay. to tell you guys anyway. So the story of the man who somehow locked himself into a big, you know, if you guys work uh, like in a, any kitchen, they have those big walk-in uh, coolers. Yeah, yeah. So he evidently locked himself in a one of those coolers and he froze to death. But here's the kicker. The cooler was never on. So I thought this was crazy fascinating. I was like, oh, I need to find out where this happened. I, I, I saw this in some forum. And of course, Snope said it was just a legend. They couldn't find any proof of it. So, <laughs> But hey, that's a good example of it, right? So I, I would have thought uh, that he suffocated. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that. I... So how do they work, though, right? Scientists don't really know. But well, there are a okay, few theories. So, do you know any of these theories? Have yeah, you... so so um, uh, thanks to the article I read, <laughs> which made me a complete and total expert, um, there, there's like six different uh, facets to this. One of them is called regression to the mean. Repeat maybe the last 10 seconds of what you were saying. Okay, so um, in recovering from a microphone episode here, <laughs> um, gosh, what was it? Um, regression to the mean. Is is that where it started cutting out or before then? Um, I didn't hear anything you said after I said scientists aren't entirely sure. And you said, okay. thanks to your research, you are now a... We come in peace. All right. So, all right. So, so the uh, there's a, uh, six different facets to this, according to this article, and uh, one of them is called regression to the mean. And then it's, it's what, what that is about is when people first go to a doctor or start a clinical trial, their symptoms might be particularly bad, but in the natural course of an illness, symptoms may get better all on their own. And in depression, clinic, uh, depression clinical studies, for instance, researchers find around one third of the patients get better without drugs or a placebo. So in other words, Time itself is a kind of a placebo that heals, but also I think what this means is you could take a placebo and think you're getting better, but you would have gotten better anyway. So that's one facet, but not the whole story. The other one is uh, confirmation bias. So a patient might hope to get better when they're in treatment, so they will change their focus. So they'll pay closer attention to signs that they're getting better and ignore signs that they're getting worse. So you're taking a placebo or you think it's a real drug and you're watching for signs to get better. 
And that's what you're noticing because that's what you're focusing on. And you know what? I, I think I do that personally. So, um, uh, the third one is expectations and learning. So the placebo response is something we learn via cause and effect. When we take an active drug, we often feel better. So it teaches our body. I take something, I feel better. So check this out. Studies show that post-operative patients whose painkillers are distributed by a hidden robotic pump at an undisclosed time need twice as much of the drug to get the same pain-relieving effect as when the drug is injected by a nurse that they can see. Hmm. So it's the act of seeing yourself being treated that 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 is part of the treatment you know so i mean if it's hidden you don't know what's happening you don't you don't get all the benefit so there's another facet uh another one is uh similar to to uh, confirmation bias is pharmacological conditioning but this is where things get really weird so there have been studies where for several days a patient will be on a drug to combat pain or deal with the symptoms of, say, Parkinson's disease. Then one day, the treatment will secretly switch to a placebo, and lo and behold, the patient still feels the healing effect from the treatment. And, I mean, so on the fifth day, it seems the placebo triggers a similar response in the brain as the real drug. Okay, so the fifth and penultimate facet is called social learning. And basically what this comes down to is patients will get more relief from a placebo treatment if they see someone else getting relief from it. So it's like, I see that person take that pill and they feel great. And when I take this pill, I'm going to expect and actually feel great. And so you've you've learned that taking that pill makes you feel great. So you take the pill and your brain goes, oh, I'm going to feel great now. And uh, the, the sixth one, and this is kind of the sweet one, they found that love and kindness in it of itself can act as, as a placebo. So they'll do a study where they're giving someone like acupuncture or something like that. And in, there'll be three different um, groups of people. And the first one will get someone who's doing the acupuncture and just talk to them, be really friendly and, you know, Hey, how's it going? And Oh man, it sucks to have that. And you know, they'll just really make friends and lavish them with attention and everything. Right. Then, then the, the, the middle uh, group will just get the needles, right. And hardly any talking. And then the third group, they don't get anything. And the group that gets the love and kindness way over and above gets better than any of the other ones. And so it's that human connection that is another part of the placebo. And, and the weird thing is uh, branding and, and colors and medical paraphernalia can also boost the placebo effect. There's evidence that forms of uh, placebo vary in their effectiveness by like what color they are and, and how they're given to you. So like 
if if you're being um, uh, treated for pain and they give you a pill placebo, well, it might work pretty good. But if they inject something like salt water into you, but tell you it's like a thing, the fact that you're getting an injection, the placebo works way better because you're getting an injection. So, you know, that's serious, you know, um, and also blue placebo pills make better sedatives than pink ones. Oh, the color? The color? Yeah, just the color. The color of the pill, a blue pill, and you tell it it's a sedative, will work better than a placebo that's a pink pill, and they tell you it's a sedative. So blue placebos will put you to sleep faster than a pink one. (laughs) And it doubles that effect if it's branded. If it has an actual brand on it, then it's going to work way better than a blank one. Wow. I just thought that was bizarre. That's incredible, though. So I, I, I wonder what that means. Well, I mean, if it's branded, it must be a serious drug, right? Yeah, that's true. Man, the mental mind just just has so much power that you don't even really realize day to day. You know, I mean, it's crazy. Oh, well, boy. between between that and all this. <laughs> All the evidence coming out that this is all a simulation anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think we want to go into that again. But I, I did see another, um, I saw a video where a scientist went through a whole bunch of known and and widely understood principles in science. But when he put them together in a certain order, it really pointed <laughs> to this being a simulation. <laughs> And he, he didn't say it is a simulation. He just said, this is really interesting. If you look at it like this, there is some evidence that kind of suggests that maybe this is all just a simulation. It's, I don't know. I don't want to think. I, look, I get that that's, and we've talked about this before. And if, you, if you're frequent listeners, you would know. Um, but, oh, man, I, I get it. I get it. But. I don't want but, to think that because it makes, <laughs> we, you know we don't I mean? have to go that way. This is, that's not yeah. what this episode's about, but I mean, it is interesting. Cause I mean, obviously the mind does control some aspects of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as they'll tell you, uh, we don't actually experience reality. We experience what's in our head. That's, that's this construct made from our perceptions, but it's, it's not reality, you know, let's, let's spell that out a little bit. So what you're saying is that we are perceiving things as we perceive them through our ability to perceive things and our minds, chemical reactions to perceive them. You know I mean? But I don't know about you, but in school, you know, somebody says, Hey, you could be seeing blue. I could be seeing green. How would we really know? You know? Well, that's true. But, but I mean, what, what it comes down to is everything that you're experiencing, like your eyes are open and you're staring at the screen or you're, you're listening to your iPad, iPod, um, that it's, uh, your sensory input is building this picture of what you think is reality, but it's all inside your brain. It's building a model, a representation of what it thinks is the outside world based on the sensory input that you're getting. And, but, but it's, it's not reality. 
you know, it's, it's your model of reality. So that's why your pencil might be blue where they think your pencil is pink, but neither one of you are actually the, it's, you're not really seeing the pencil. Neither of you are. You're seeing the light that bounces off of it that projects into your retina, which converts into a chemical signal. And your brain is building this model out of chemicals in your weird, mushy computer <laughs> sitting inside your skull. So no wonder a placebo works. Because, because a lot of the reality, a lot of your reality is actually built in your brain and emanates out through your body, if, if that makes sense. There is no spoon. But there, <laughs> well, there is a spoon, <laughs> but it may not be what you think it is, you know? Well, actually, with science, we do know a whole lot about what the spoon is. But do we really, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could I could trigger the Twilight Zone music. Here. Let's say that you're up for a promotion at work, okay? But you're feeling so negative about it. You're feeling so bad. Do you feel there's any certain or type or any chance in heck that you, the reason that you might not get that promotion is because you're feeling so negative about it. What about the power of positive thinking? That's where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I agree. Because I know the power of positive thinking works. And what, um, in what way do you know that it works? Well, I mean, I've, I used to be. <laughs> I keep slipping back into it, but I used to be pretty darn negative about things and I had a really bad self-image and had no self-confidence. And um, after a certain series of events in my life, I was able to start willfully turning that around. You know, by, by sheer force of will, I was fighting these demons and proving them wrong, right? And every time I had a little victory, like, see, I could do that, or see, this is not beyond me, then, you know, it it made me feel better and more positive. It was like this cumulative effect. But it's, you have, you can't ever relax it. You have to keep pushing it because, I, I'm sorry if I'm going off on a tangent, but the, the universe is a vast space full of negativity. <laughs> and it takes effort to be positive, right? It's effortless to be negative. It takes effort to be positive. And so you have to actually harness that psychological power within you and build it, work it like building a muscle. And you have to, you have to just use it like you're using a muscle to climb a ladder or something. Because, you know, I, I've built a really nice little life for myself and it didn't used to be that way. And I did it all because, and, and, and I started getting more breaks. I started getting promotions. I started getting raises. I started getting things I want. And, and I'm not going to say it's like the secret or, you know, I put it out into the, into the 
what do they call it? Just the, the universe in the universe. I didn't put it out in the quantum field or anything like, well, maybe I did, but who knows? I, you it does you don't even you don't even need the mystical part of it i mean because your actions your what what you do what you actually act upon and what you do emanate out in in reality just through cause and effect and I, i'm not talking about anything supernatural i'm just talking about you do let's like this is why i believe in karma you do a nice thing and you do a nice thing for some people and then that boosts there and then they do nice things and and it like spreads and then it comes back around you and, and, and totally unconnected but you did cause it you know or you might have caused part of it so I, so so when you're feeling positive about yourself and your health or something like that and you're like, I'm going to make this better. I'm going to win. I'm going to, I mean, athletes do this too, right? Am, am I, am I going far too far over to the preachy mode here? No, Rev, no, Rev no. and Jerry no. talking. I, I'm enjoying it. Keep going. Keep going. Well, so I, I don't want to put, you know, turn anybody off, but I mean, that's, it, it works. I mean, it, uh, I, I, I wrote an article a long time ago. And what I did is I, I did an experiment, and I may have talked about this, and this has very little to do with the placebo effect, but maybe it does. I don't know. But what I did is I, I listed all the things that I wanted. You know, what what are my goals? What are these? You know, and it's just things like I wanted a really nice camera. At the time, I didn't have one. I wanted to, you know, do something creative for a living. I wanted to live by water. I, you know. I wanted to visit this place. Like I wanted to go to Europe because I'd never been there. And then over a period of a year, and this is where a lot of people balk a year. I don't want to spend a year doing this. I'm like, no, you'd need to spend because you're talking about your life. You, you go through like every other week or maybe a month and you put a score along these things and you add things, you need to take things off depending on, you know, what you want. But then at the end of the year, you could add that score up. And the ones that have consistently scored the highest, those are the ones to concentrate on because that's what you really want over time, right? And so I did that. And then I concentrated on those things. Not, you know, like, not like I'm going to just go out and do it right now. I'm just like, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind and I'm going to kind of see what happens and I'm going to try to work toward them. Every single one of them came true. Wow. But, I mean, and I'm, I'm, let me emphasize, Nothing mystical is going on. It happened because I was doing things incrementally to get there. I didn't have to do some big effort to get there. It just started moving in that direction because that was in my mind and that was top of mind. And I would make little decisions that would inch me that way. And, you know, you keep going an inch, you end up going a mile. So that's how I do it. It, it, and and it worked for me. Thank you very much. And uh, you can put ten cents in the can. Thank you. Twenty cents in the can. Twenty cents in the can. Forty cents <laughs> 20, in the can. Wow, we have fifty cents in the can. <laughs> okay, that I was thinking. Okay, I don't know why, but what you were talking about kind of got me thinking a little bit more about something else. Okay. I, was, I was listening to the things they were saying, but it also got me thinking about the future of the uh, uh, placebo studies. Okay. 
So what do you think, do you think that we are humanistic enough, like optimistic as humans enough that in the future, if we could develop ways to make our own minds as powerful as the pills that we take, that that could be the future, that we wouldn't have to rely on little pills that we could rely on our own minds? I don't know because there are sub some sub excuse me there are some substances the body can't make on its own so i think there's always going to be room for actual real medicine but you okay. know the way things are heading they're mm-hmm. talking about putting little machines in us and having those machines do things i don't know if i trust it i know excuse me the beer I, I i know the 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 thought of having a um a trillion nanobots in my body <laughs> what if they want to take over <laughs> <laughs> well this is a little bit after your time but i always think of nanobots like yerks from the book the books animorphs uh-huh. these are books when i was a little kid where these these five kids were um Oh, at this mall partying it up as the nineties kids would do. And they they're walking outside of the mall and basically they find a crashed alien ship, this blue horse type man type alien gives them the power to morph into animals. And where I'm going with this, I don't know, but it made me think of Animorphs, man, so I had to say <laughs> Uh, by the power of Animorphs. No, my kids used to watch that in the Power Rangers. I remember oh, that. Power Rangers, yeah. Power Rangers. Well, I'm the same age as uh, at least one of your daughters, I think. Oh, yeah. You you could be my son. You could be. You're what? Well, you are my... I wasn't going to say this, but you are my parents' age. Yeah. You're right up there. But not mentally. I was... <laughs> Not well, not mentally, but you know what? <laughs> that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. That's um, you are how you feel, you know. Well, I, I'll tell you this, and I and I don't think it's a bad thing, but I I've, I've come to accept it, and and I turned it positive. But it, I used to not think so positive of it. If I'm in a room, especially if well, who's in a room lately with a bunch of people? Not me. But if, if when I was at work at the office and I was with a bunch of my fellows, including a lot of people who are younger than me, a lot of them, I would always feel like a kid in the room with the, the adults and I'd have to pretend to be an adult around them, you know? <laughs> I love and, it. I love it. And I, mean, I still feel this way. If, I, if I'm like, if I go to the bar and I'm around a bunch of an adults and they're being adult and I know some of them are at least half of the age of me, I still will feel like a kid who has snuck into a place he's not supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and I'm putting on like this little front, like, yeah, I'm 21. <laughs> I I could legally buy this beer. Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> but, but I would, I would consider you like myself a hobbyist, right? Yeah. A lot, a lot of people, when you get up to that age and you're 42 years young, I know that. Um, when you get up to that age, it's kind of like you lose that, you know, and there's, it's, it's rarer these days to find older people who, who are hobbyists and it's refreshing 
And that's why I enjoy talking to you so much. And I think we've had some, you know, great conversations about these things, about the weird, no, video games, everything, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need to go play uh, No Man's Sky together. Man, uh, do you, okay, time out. We're going to talk about No Man's Sky, the video game, boys and girls. If you're <laughs> done with this conversation, then turn us off. But if you love us, stay on for the ride. Okay. So I love No Man's Sky. It's a great game. I bought it a long while ago, but I never uh-huh. played it. And so I, when I actually read the news that it was um, the big update was coming out, and I was like, huh, what's this about? So I started playing it after this Origins update came out. Yeah. Um, do you have a VR headset? No, but I do have a I, – see, I'm mainly – I've got two consoles. Uh-huh. And I've got the PS4 Pro that could take the VR headset. and But right now I'm mainly playing it on an Xbox One X or whatever it's called. Fair enough. Um, but I'm – so you have the the headset? Yeah, so I have the Oculus Quest. Oh, my Quest. God. I have the Oculus Quest 1. I have the Oculus Quest 2 coming tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm gonna we're going to have two so Nicky can play some games with me. But – the, the cool thing about the Oculus headset is that it plugs into your PC and it, it goes as like a PC VR headset, right? Oh, okay. Um, and so, you know, I'm pretty sure that the Xbox Series X is going to have one of the one of the other, I don't know if it's the HP headset um, or the, the Vive headset that'll connect to it and do the same kind of thing. But um, uh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a PC gamer. I like my X, I have my old Xbox one, but I... I'm more, I'm more so in my PC and my PC games, right? So I, I can play the No Man's Sky in my headset. Um, that's so fun, but like, it'll like, my computer will get so hot. And I, so I'm waiting for the next, you know, the newest graphics card that came out like a month ago that's been sold out everywhere. And yeah. so that's the kind of thing I'm waiting for now. But I've been playing it just, you know, on the normal PC screen um, with the hope that one day, you know, I'll get this graphics card and I can play just, yee super fun and stuff, but it really, the VR stuff, it really makes you feel like you're there. It really oh, it takes that extra step into immersiveness, into escapism. And, you know, I, I think we bought the first Oculus Quest during near the beginning of the lockdown this oh. year. And man, it's helped us so much. Like we've had so much fun with it. Um, I'm, I'm a super evangelist, like, my siblings and I share a Snapchat group or a Facebook messenger group, you know, and I'm all like, you guys need to get this. We can watch movies together. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, cool. And I, you know, and so we're finally getting a second one tomorrow. And so Nikki can watch movies with me. Like it's cool. I, I <laughs> can't you even can sit in the same room and watch you a know, movie together. It's not the same because there's so many different worlds out there and you can connect with other people. You can watch movies with other people, not just the people in your house. Right. Um, it's, I don't know if you've, you've seen ready, ready player one or read the yeah. book, yeah. um, but it's exactly like that dude. And it's, we're getting there, man. We're getting there. And, um, I love it, but no man's sky is such a great fun game. And it's, it's one of those things. It's like, wow, you, it gives you so much to do. Like you really can pick what you want to do. You can be like a merc, you can hunt spaceships, you can, just explore you can you know hyperdrive everywhere um, yeah find cool s-class ships yeah. um, you can uh, well I, i've been playing for so long i've i've leveled just about everything up but 
So all I really do is explore and build. But from what I understand, we're losing all our listeners, aren't we? No, but man, they love it. If the, no. people, the people can turn, hit the stop button if they want. But if you okay. guys love us, you can stick with us along this wild ride. Yeah, it's. We're, I'm going to probably work this back around to where in a... <laughs> We're in a simulation anyway. But um, from what I understand, when you put the headset on, you get the true size of what things are, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to see some of these creatures where I have to look way up at them because yeah. they're so big. But I, I know there was, was one player I was playing with, and he was on VR, and... Um, he said, you don't realize how big your spaceship actually is until you're walking around it, you know. Because on the I, screen, yeah, you could see that your guy's like here and your head's up to there and then it's so much taller. But you don't really get the perspective mm -hmm. until you put on the VR and then you have to look up to see the top of your ship. Oh, holy shit. This thing's bigger than a Winnebago. You know, <laughs> yeah, man. And the cool thing about VR, you know, it really makes it feel like you're there. And it really like that they, they have these VR simulations where you can, you know, get over your phobias, right? Like of heights, like of sp snakes, spiders, what have you. Huh. And in itself, is it's a, like a placebo effect. And this is where I'm kind of wrapping this all around. Right? Oh, okay, good. It's because, Bring it all around. Yeah. And um, no, but seriously, like everything in your, it's in your mind, you know, and like, Maybe somebody in the next next house next to mine is like super down in the dumps. But then the moment I put that headset on and then I switch off, tomorrow I won't have to switch off anymore. We just you know both wear them at the same time. But um, then you're just in this world and it's like your lockdown isn't there. It's not you're not you know what I mean for that brief oh, minute yeah. of time. It's just like you're something else. I know? could see that. Yeah. It so so it's a placebo against feeling. Um, cabin, what do they call fever. it? Ca cabin, cabin fever. fever. Yeah, That's so I know there's there's sometimes where like my one of my daughters and and I we just have to go to the store, just we have to get out of the house. Yeah, it's like at least once every other day I have to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. But uh, after um. After this last scare and I got sick again, because uh, I'd been going back to the bar and we were so, it's like, it seems like it should be safe. Everybody's social distancing and they've, they've got the bar stools eight feet apart from each other. Right. But then after a certain time, people get inebriated and the masks come off and they get in your personal space. And that happened to me, uh, what was it, Saturday week, uh, weekend before last, when I was, I was there banging away on my, my uh, more, most recently finished novel that I, I just, I, and I, I was finishing the last chapter of the first, um, um, the, the first draft. And I, and I wanted to do it there because for some reason I sit there at that bar, drink their beer, and the words just flow. So there's another placebo effect right there. It, it's me having to be there in order for this to happen. That's that's actually, that kind of fits, doesn't it? Yeah. 
so they're um, typing away and then this person comes up and they're like getting in my face and they're like ordering things and they won't stay away from me and I have to put my mask back on. And I'm wondering if I got sick, I wonder if it was a nocebo effect. I got sick because I expected to get sick because they were in my personal space and I've become a germaphobe. I wonder if that's it because the test came out negative and I've been having it. There were just low temperatures. They were like twice a day. I would get up into the upper nineties. I'm 90, 99s. Do you, Hey, do you take vitamins? Do you, do you take your yeah. daily dose of vitamins? So I've been oh, taking yeah. like vitamin D. Daily. I, yeah. I take, I take D and C a lot of C Yeah, because that's my placebo and uh, B vitamins. And then I eat lots of vegetables and I eat lots of fruits, you know, and I'm actually, I weigh less now than I have weighed since the 1980s. Wow. Good for you. This, this, um, diet thing is really working. And, and the cool thing is it's not a diet anymore. It's just the way I live. So, and, uh, that's no placebo effect. No, that's something you put hard work into. Yeah. But if I come home next and it's not lockdown anymore and we can all not social distance, if I cannot, if I am able to wrap my hands around you, I will be disappointed because I've always known you as the big huggable teddy bear that <laughs> walks the earth. Um, well, I, I still I, have a, I still have a baby bump. <laughs> so. That's that's good and that's appropriate. Uh, but, uh, you know, my girlfriend, that's how she judges, you know, did, did I lose weight or not? Can she get her arms around me? And she's like, oh, my God, I can get my arms around you and lock my hands. <laughs> I've never <laughs> been able to do that before. Nice. So, And by the way, she's petite listeners. <laughs> and I'm kind of I'm a, like a big barrel chested bear guy. They fit. They fit together like yin and yang. Yeah. She's my little redheaded fairy flits around sits on my shoulder <laughs> she's my tinkerbell anyway uh i, I think i think we've so we've, terry would you say that placebos are acceptably real yeah that's where i was going i would say the placebo effect is definitely acceptably real and with that let me click the special button that gives us this Thanks for listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry. Eager for more? Visit us at acceptablyreal.com or like us on Facebook at Acceptably Real Podcast. Join us in um, No Man's Sky. Oh, that'd be so fun.